Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? And 40. Good to be back, fellas. And Ham. Oh, you stole my line, 40. I was going to say good to be back. Uh, yeah, I've got to think of something now. Uh, uh, Birdie, has, how's it going? Um, hey. Very good. And your host, <laughs> Hamish, here. Um, all right. Well, back for the first edition of 2023. Apologize for the long break over the off-season. Um, but for myself, I just took a break from absolutely all social media uh, since pretty much the grand final. Um Except for the, uh, the Discord, I was up on there a couple of times, but that's about it. Nice detox. And yeah, and sorry, it's not a para podcast de- uh, Discord, so there's no invites going out. Uh, private, um, a very private one. <laughs> All right, well, let's just start off with some of the player movements over the off season that we saw. So we'll start with the big signing, which was the extension of our one and only Dillbags, um, extending on a pretty much deal for life, taking him to with all the player option stuff to 2031. Um, good signing. Absolutely. Yeah, very good. They are. Not much more to talk about. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I mean, I mean with, 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 the, with, the, with the player options and everything, it's interesting because I don't think we've had anything like that before it, in it the NRL. Where... One of the most singularly unique contracts in the history of the NRL, yeah. The outs uh, after three years, twice. Uh, the first one being, what, end of 2026, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then, um, then you have the second one after that. So. Yeah, it was so funny because obviously we're still dealing with Mitchell Moses and Willie Wony with us and the West Tigers, but Dylan Brown too was a very popular target in the media for he's going to go here, he's going to go there. And this is all why the World Cup was happening and then he took his uh, holidays post-World Cup. And literally the week he gets back from holidays, yep, deal done before Christmas and we got that banger of a signing release video by, by the Parramatta Eels media team. They did a fantastic job in that one with uh, Dylan revealing that he was re-upping with the Eels. Yeah, nice little uh, early Christmas present there to mm-hmm. all the Eels fans. And obviously, um, you boys over at the Cumberland Throw have been um, following Dylan's progress since he first came over here, and that was in about 2016-ish. Yeah, so Ham, Ham was there too, uh, which you were out there on the weekend, the the very place he made his debut for the club, Ham, at Maury Breen, right? Uh, That's or Maury Breen. And yeah, as a skinny little 16-year-old and Harold Matthews or 15-year-old he might have been, and yeah, he, he was the first year he was good, but then every after every year after that he was just great. And he was just one of those players you knew that short of something off the field he was going to make it and be a star in the NRL. And lo and behold, he's now sort of cr- completed his meteoric rise to one of the top five eights, one of the top playmakers in the code, and he's a Parramatta real to build around moving forwards. Yep, and also in that realm, uh, Penasini. Uh, can't see exactly how long was Penasini for. End of twenty twenty five. Yeah, only the two year. Yeah, two-year extension. So that keeps his options open. Obviously, he's got a background in rugby union as well, and we know that Eddie Jones and the ARU are looking to make a raid on rugby league players, but in the same by the same token for the club, two years is plenty of time to get a, another deal negotiated as well. So it's a good deal on both sides. I would have liked one more year for the club, but at the same time, you're going to get Will Penasini in you know his best young years here and a chance to get him to recommit with his brother Richard as well moving forwards. Well, that's the thing. Will's only twenty-one. Yeah, like feels like he's a seasoned first grader now, but he's only he's still eligible for jersey flag. Yeah, I, I was very fortunate to be at the Harold Matthews jersey presentation last week, and Will was on hand to talk to the boys and present them with their jerseys for the season. And Chris Howard, the coach, had a little speech about Will because he he had a background of Will through the pathways, and it was when when Chris Howard spoke in that short little sentences there. It wasn't a long speech, but just it put into clarity just how fast his rise was. You know, he, we saw him in Harold Matthews' ham, and we are talking about where he'd have to go play in the back row if he stayed up being so, you know, powerfully built. Uh, but he just 
had a great body proportion moving forwards as, as he grew into his frame and he played SG ball and then that was pretty much it. He finished ju- the, the junior reps, didn't even play flag and went straight into NRL. And now he's an international player and, uh, you know, sort of been spoken about for State of Origin too. So incredible young man, incredible young player. I think he's future captain. Uh, he screams captain, yeah. Very well spoken. Uh, great passion for the game. It, his preparation is elite. And I think that's what you want from a captain to really set the example in the training paddock like that, as well as some of the other stuff too when it comes to amping the team up. But he definitely has the hallmarks of a future club leader. He did captain that side with um, his friend who plays fullback over at the Roosters, didn't he? Yes, he the was Kings, a the high school team. Yeah. yeah, the Kings captain. And he's also a captain of the Australian Schoolboys Rugby Union team. So yeah. it speaks, it speaks very highly of his leadership qualities there when you see the teams that he has been in and the fact that he was nominated to be their captain. Right, well, let's jump to some other signings. So I think we all, at the end of last season, were a bit worried about our second row stocks. Uh, we seem to have bolstered that. So Matt Dury comes back, Eels Jr. from one year out at Canterbury Bankstown. Uh, he made a bit of a splash uh, in their team, getting a couple of starts last year, but it looks like he might be coming back. Uh, sorry, well, he is definitely coming back um, <laughs> to the Eels this year, but whether or not he'll make the starting or maybe a bench player. Uh, other second row, uh, second row signings: Jack Murchie from New Zealand Warriors and Rock and Rollwell. He sort of, you know, he, he's played a couple of of games for us, but he's he sort of floats between second row and and front row, doesn't he? Originally, he was a bit of a hybrid there, but I think they've pretty much committed him to the middle these days, unless something's changed this off season or preseason. Uh, and the other one, I suppose, worth mentioning is Newcastle recruit Jaira Momosia. He's more of a prop as well, isn't he? Well, we've got him listed on the edge this week because Matt Dury, I thought, had the inside running uh, in terms of replacing ice on that right edge. But in recent weeks in uh, 60 train reports, it looks like Jaira has gotten his nose ahead. And whether that's to give him a taste of that you know, starting spot to see if he can rise to the occasion, I'm not sure. But he's going to uh, fact be a factor, at least as part of a platoon on the right edge, it looks like, between him and Matt Dury. All right, and looking at some other signings we have here, obviously Josh Hodgson was the hooker to replace um, old Reed Marnie, who's gone over to the Bulldogs. Uh, then Jermaine, we always knew he was coming over from Penrith. He looks to be getting that starting lock position with the absence of Ryan Madison serving that three-game suspension. Uh, Sam Loizu uh, on the wing for the Eels. He's been upped. Um, he's come through the junior system. Um, and then, oh, I must have forgot about that, the little uh, arsey signing that we had there at the end of the year. Yeah, Dejan joined us late in the... The 2022 year calendar year, and he's an outside back, isn't he? Yes, he's a half slash outside back utility, slash fullback, bit of everything in the back line. Yeah, I think. so he's not quite the spiritual replacement for Will Smith, but he fills a, a sort of similar role, sort of like Hayes Perham last year, I guess. Yeah, probably Hayes Perham's a better comparison. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's some good uh, roll through of the signing news there, and obviously the majority of the rest of the team has been around for a long time. So. Oh, and that um, one. Isaac Lumi Lumi, he's on a second-tier deal for us, but he also bolsters the outside back depth as well. And where does Lumi Lumi come from? Uh, Melbourne and then the Bulldogs, right, Ham? Yeah, uh, and Sharks before that. There you go. So he's been around. He's only 24 years old, though. Uh, so I'm not expecting him to be a, a huge factor for the Eels, but he does bolster the outside depth. Uh, outside back step, sorry, just a little bit. Which got tested pretty sorely uh, through parts of True. last year. So Yeah, that early, those early rounds <laughs> were looking pretty scarce there. Um, all right, well, let's jump into some junior news. So the first round of the Mats Ball and um, Tasha Gales were played last weekend. Um, Ham, did you travel up there or? Yes, I was, I was up at uh, Murray Breen, as previously said. Yep, um, so 
Let's start off with the the Tasha Gales uh, Indigenous Academy twenty two defeating the Eels four. Uh, uh, Peden got a try in that match. Did you get out there for the Tasha Gales? Yeah, that, so they were on last. Um, yeah, Indigenous side were way too classy. I don't think Parramatta had a set of six until about ten minutes into Ouch. the game. Um, they're just too good. The Indigenous Academy, the Parramatta tried hard. Um, it says Alicia Bell scored, but I'm pretty sure it was Caitlin Peden. Yeah, that scored that try. The, um, the Indigenous Academy has been one of the benchmarks. Sixty's got it correct. Yeah, <laughs> Good to see that somebody got it correct. Someone's paying attention there. No. Yeah, I um I liked what I saw from Talara Bamblett. She's uh you know, she's the main half now. Um after Rosie Beckett has uh, been graduated. Graduated to uh Harvey Normans. Yeah. So but yeah, so she needs to sort of you know, it, it's it is hard when you go up against probably the best probably gonna be the best team in the competition. If not, uh the Bulldogs will challenge them for that role. Um so yeah. We, we faced them last year. I think we lost 24 to 10. Yeah. 22, 10, 24, um, 10, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And, and it, they were just classy then. And, and that ended up being one of two games that Parramatta lost all year. So um, hopefully something similar this, in this one. The the Roosters are doing some fantastic stuff with that Indigenous Academy. Their ball movement is second to none in the Tasha Gale. They put on some very crisp attacking structures. So no surprise that we lost our first up start against them here, but the real change for our girls starts now and in order to build into the season. Yeah, absolutely. Let's look at the mats then. So Roosters defeating the Eagles 20-14. to 14. Try scorers Jordan Utah, Tyson Sangalang, and Dominic Ferugia, and Ferugia one from three. Um, yeah, so Parramatta were their own worst enemy in this game. Sounds they were They were dead set all over the Roosters. Uh Mikhail Tito, Ocean Vivella, Jordan Uta, Funaluta, Tyson Sangling started so well. Um, and for their age, like it doesn't really get commented on much, but the offloading of Tito and Utah in particular, like that was offloading skill way above their age. You, you know, you don't usually see a pass in prop forwards in mainly north and south of this age. So that was good to see. Um, but of course, you know, you look you look across the other side of the the jerseys, and you have Zach Fitler. He was he was wearing their number thirteen, uh, but he was their halfback. He was telling players where to go. Um, he was getting ball at first receiver. He was setting up tries, scored tries. Uh, just wasn't doing the kicking. That was the only thing that, as, as a half, he wasn't doing. So, um, if it wasn't for him, I think Parramatta run away with this quite comfortably. But Fitler is even at this age is in a class of his own. He's a big unit with his father's footwork, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it's it's actually on the um, New South Wales Rugby League website. The they have a highlights package, yeah. and he has that right foot step, and it's it's mirror. It's a mirror image of his father's right foot step. It's incredible. Yeah, he's a probably would be considered a blue chip NRL prospect. I think he's going to be like Dylan, something away from the game that would stop him from becoming a, a surefire NRL star moving forwards. He's very very talented. Well, hopefully, he's not as like his father off the field. <laughs> And just uh, touching the grass and uh, yeah. <laughs> soak up those minerals. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Um, all right. Uh, the one winner of the, the weekend, Parramatta Eels 28, defeated Sydney Roosters 22. So try scorers here, Cody Parry. He's the younger brother of Ethan Parry, who's since gone off. Is he still playing league or he's sort of? I think he's playing grade, but not uh, any affiliated. Yeah, I, team. I think he's moved back up. Was it uh, Tamworth or Tari he's from? Tamworth. Um, so Cody Parry, younger brother, getting four tries there. Matthew Arthur, who plays at hooker, doesn't he? Yes. Yep. 
Woods. And then our own uh, member of the crime family, Muhammad Al-Madin. <laughs> I'm doing a try there. Don't that's say a joke. too loud. That's a joke. That, that's a joke. That's a joke, just to clarify. <laughs> uh, Joshua Lid got two uh, off the boots. So um, coming home there, a bit close for comfort, but um, obviously scoring seven tries is not, not a bad day. Oh, sorry, six tries is not a bad day out. Yeah, um, pretty much all those well, – all, actually, all those Cody Parry tries are set up by uh, Richard Penasini there, so – uh, really good edge. Um, I couldn't go past the front rowers in this game. Sam Tuavati, Lance Fuolima. While, while the talk might be about LeBron Tuala, um, I thought uh, he lacks a little bit of fitness, which is to be expected. Mm-hmm. He's over two metres tall, 120 Absolutely. kilos. Giant of a young man. He'd, he'd be 120 comfortably with being that tall. And that's, yeah. that's like very little bad weight too. It's not a matter of whipping the shape. Oh, no, he, he doesn't look... Like out of proportion, he's very much in proportion. I just think it's just getting, first game playing Sydney football. That's right, game time into his uh, legs. Yeah, whereas you look at uh, Big Sam and Lance. Lance had very similar struggles last year coming yeah, down to yeah, Sydney. That's, for a, the that's first a good time. shout. Yeah, we we had um, not worries, but we were just uh, Lance didn't have a huge impact last season, and suddenly he looks like the player that we thought he was going to be this year between the trials yeah, he's, and round one. He's gotten quicker. He's ha- has a pass in his game now. Whereas Sam Tuavati, you know, come through the Parramatta grades. I think he's a Wendy Jr. Yep. Um, just every time I see him, he gets bigger. Like it's, <laughs> he's, he's absolutely huge. Yeah, he, um, I think with Sam, he just if if he can get uh, an offload into his game, he'll be like for his age, he'll be one of the better props going yeah, around. He, he's a big, mobile, aggressive player. All those things you love to see in a young forward prospect. But like you said, him once he gets those ball skills developed, he's going to be the the full package. But uh, I, sp- I suppose it's worth mentioning too. I think Cody missed out on a Michelle Pfeiffer, didn't he? He had a, a pass from Woods that was uh, was a cord forwards or dropped. Uh, no, it was on his chest, and he was over the line. He dropped it. Oh no! So had to settle for the double Hattie, but not the Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, and actually, he could have had more because there was a pass. Well, I believe was incorrectly. Oh no, that was to Alamedine. Sorry, right. wrong side of the field. Well, yeah, this is a game, Ham. That I know you're saying that there were a few calls that went for one team but not the other that probably helped the score and get uh, inflated or made it closer than it looked. Uh, but again, the Roosters aren't a bad team in this grade, so the fact they got away with the win is huge. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're far from their completed package right now, the Eels, but they've got a good core group to work with here. Absolutely. Some very, very classy players in this team. They just need some more time together. Which um, I think was probably highlighted by the fact that Ethan Sanders came back into this team with not too much preparation. And you know, we have huge wraps on Ethan, uh, but he's going to have to develop that partnership with Josh Lynn on the fly almost. Well, let's jump to the upcoming round of action in the June. Oh, do you want to do some news first? There's not really much news. Here's the news. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> news is good I news. mean, the, not really in terms of the CEA because there's talks about a strike now, but that's uh, Valandis and the, the RLPA buttonheads, I suppose. Hopefully something can get done. I'm sure something will be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one wants a strike. Like- no, goodness no. Bertie, do you want a strike? Sorry, I had you guys on mute for a strike. Uh, you know, look, just, I don't know, just get get the get the shit done. Like, yeah. they've had all off-season. Like, usually, um, what we should be talking about is the trials right now. Like, I don't know why they're just, you know, fart-assing around. Um, it is yeah. frustrating for fans. And uh, looking at what the players are asking for, it doesn't seem outrageous. A lot of it's the peripheral stuff when it comes to player welfare, particularly for the NRLW who haven't got multi-year contracts who haven't got uh, the sort of insurance coverage and injury coverage that's been afforded to the other spaces. So if that's what has really been the, you know, the thing separating the two sides, hopefully the NRL comes to the table and actually just, you know, get these things fixed up because 
you know, the as we've seen increasingly, there are so many factors that can prematurely end a career when it comes to head injuries, knee injuries, spinal injuries, and giving these men and women the proper coverage they deserve for putting their bodies on the line seems like a, a no-brainer for me. In, and, like, like they made the... Like, I applaud what the players did regarding the media, how they said they, they weren't going to talk to media and stuff, but um, it's just... Uh, I, I think, it, like... And maybe you can blame the World Cup for this. Like, it, it was the wrong... Because like, this probably would have been sorted if it wasn't for the World Cup, but... I don't know, like, uh, they're pretty quick to announce a new, um, you know, uh, to sorry, price rises for memberships and, like, um, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. Like, just they're just taking their time and, yeah, I don't know. Like, so do you think, do you honestly think um, this will drag out to, say, round one? Or do you reckon it will be wrapped up? You know, I would. Next I would have so? said it would have been done before Christmas easily. And then here we are, you know, first week of February and it's still nowhere near it being done. So, at this stage, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if it went well past round one. It won't um, distract too much from the on-field, uh, but it, it doesn't help with your uh, your present man who's in charge of the NRL. Uh, seems to be a, a person that uh, really gets in the way of progress. Is one way of putting it. I oh, know. Um, well, he's had all the progress. We've had the six again. We've had the preseason challenge. <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw. I read to. Oh, I I don't really care about it. I just yeah. I don't really like PVL. Controversial, I know. Very <laughs> controversial. I'll put my hand up and say, oh, you know. Also worth mentioning, Cam, I think this is the first season with the juniors operating under the same playing guidelines when it comes to six against and all the stuff that is in the NRL. Previously, it was still penalties, so yeah. it's a different flow for the junior representatives and whatnot now. I thought something was a bit different on the weekend. <laughs> and that's the sort of thing that well, would... Yeah, would Although I have to say last the, year, I think they, um, they sort of ran a... It sort of operated a little bit better than its first season. Like, you know, especially when you see Manly getting top four the year before, like, you just knew the rules were fucked at that point. <laughs> oh, there's. Yeah, we should be keeping Manly down, down at the bottom. Speaking of our PVL and rules, we probably should quickly touch on the no new rules for the 2023 season, but some of the adjustments are a tantamount to new rules. Wasn't um, that the, the wrapping around the scrum? That's something there, I read this morning. There's a whole stack of them. Uh, so, well, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm in favour of that one. If it, if it makes it harder for South to run that left side scrum play, <laughs> every time, um, I'm all for it. So I'm not sure about the wrapping around from the back of the scrum one because this article that I was referencing was... Uh, yeah, it's from a couple of months from, ago. Uh, 12th of January. But so the change oh. in provisions for the grounding of the ball. So uh, tries will now be awarded if the ball rotates from the hand to the wrist or forearm, providing there is no obvious separation between ball and or hand or arm. Uh, so control isn't a thing anymore. So as long as there's uh, no separation, uh, which so you can roll, roll, you can roll, roll the, the ball, ball yeah. So there's going to be some yeah. dodgy groundings awarded. Um, they've they've made improvements to the 18th player, which I do agree with. So the number of failed HIAs is going to be reduced from three to two to trigger the activation of the 18th player. No dramas there. Uh, th- this one, I thought this was how the rule was written. Uh, intervention of bunker and foul play. The bunker may only intervene for acts of foul play, which is deemed to be reportable. I thought that was how it was meant to be, but apparently not. So that's been uh, either clarified or reinforced here. I don't know. Uh, captain's challenge is getting changed in light of the debacle between the Tigers and the Cowboys. So uh, challenge may be initiated after every blows his whistle stop play rather than only after a decision resulting in a structured restart. Decisions which cannot be challenged will continue to include forward passes, roll balls, discretionary penalties, which include 10-meter offside, ruck infringements, riding to play the ball speed, as well as being tackled into touch after held call and finally descent. Also, a challenge may uh, can be made following the final play in each half, provided the referee has not already called half or full time. 
which is what the uh, provision was for that absolute shit show between the Tigers and the Cowboys. Uh, but technically, my, my concern here is that uh, if the referees blowing his whistle stop play rather than a structured restart, it opens up challenges on the basis of simulation where players go down for injuries or feigned injuries to stop time. Um, so well, I, I think it doesn't matter what changes you make. Teams are going to exploit them. Always. X amount, always. and then with Peter Belandi's in charge, we're going to be rolling back some of these by about round oh, 100%. four or five. But the, so. the, the big one in terms of general play comes at scrums. So a full penalty will now be awarded rather than a set restart for offside scrum infringements by the defensive team anywhere on the field. However, uh, so obviously the the team that gets the penalty can also take the option to repack the scrum or take their full full on penalty. But on the flip side, any team which is uh, deemed to be deliberately locking the ball on the base of the scrum at the lock's feet to trap defenders offside will be penalised in possession. So that's a pretty crazy that's the thing. I, I always thought the ball was out when um, the it left the second row. That's how it used to be uh, uh, deemed, I felt. Once it was at the lock's feet, uh, the ball was out. No, it's not even at the lock's like at the Once it passed the second row's feet. So that's at the lock's hands yeah. to me. That's not at the lock's foot because that's out of the scrum. Anyway, anyway, I, yeah. I just wish I just I just wish that they'd go one year without NRL changing it, rules. It but feels it's, it's it feels hard. like getting. I, I hate the baiting the defense by trapping the ball at the locks feet gambit, but it feels like penalizing them in possession is a crazy overreaction. Like instead of just telling them to either use it or lose it and let the defense go, or giving the scrum to the the non feeding team in reverse. Uh, on top of that, boys, there'll be an emphasis on ten meter compliance in general play. Uh, which means referees can now award full penalties for multiple 10 meter breaches without requiring the mandatory use of the sin bin. However, they can still do it in the use of a cynical penalty. And then finally, we're getting a change on the education of completed tackles. Uh, we're no longer going to get a held and release separate set of calls. It's going to be uh, held or release, whichever one they want to use, and that will deem the tackle completed. So that's meant to help with the unnecessary slowing of the play of the ball, which I don't know if it's a nod towards Penrith's driver or forklift tackles, the ones where they use the held call to pick him up and drive him backwards, or just generally they've been deemed that there's too much wrestling after the held call, which is also probably true. But that's it. I mean, last year there was like last year was the one year I can remember there were so many controversial um, like penalties, non penalties. Like you look at the Dragons against the Raiders, where they were, they were happy to give away a six again mm-hmm. uh, when there should have been a penalty. Like you have that, and then you also have um, like obviously we talked about the Tigers and Cowboys. Like it's just common sense, like. Look, I, I don't like how certain there's certain certain calls you can't say or certain you know decisions can't be a penalty. Like, just if if it's deliberate, like like the, the dragons and the Rays one was just really pissed me off. And I mean, you know, I'm just an, as a neutral viewer, like we knew we all knew what the dragons were doing. You know, they they wanted to do the six again and the time will go. But um, yeah, and and also as long as they don't go back to you know a couple of years ago when we versed the Titans, how they kept manipulating the captain's challenges. As long as they don't screw that around, like uh, I'm I'm okay with it to be honest. So. Yeah, look, it all comes. Look, come round one, you know, everyone will be glued to um, Annesley's um, weekly report because I'm sure there'll be so many um, questionable calls. And yeah, it's just uh, it'll be interesting to see his uh, uh, weekly report. Right, and then jumping on to other news. So Cartwright uh, breaking his jaw at training in a bit of a freak accident. Two years in a row, poor man. Can't, I mean, I say can't catch a break, but obviously he can. Um, that's yeah, terrible luck. I think he's still going to be fine for round one or thereabouts. So he'll still be in the mix for a bench spot uh, for the Parramatta Eels. I know Wanga is also uh, back for round one. I think he had a busted arm. And Hayes has been in full contact for a few weeks as he makes his return 
from that awful knee injury sustained in the preseason last year against the Dragons. Uh, so, and then we saw Dejan Arce in a knee brace at the season launch. So there's a few eels nicked up here and there, but I think for the most part, uh, knock on wood heading into this trial against Penrith and the All-Stars game for Jermaine Hopgood, that we're travelling fairly well when it comes to the injury award. Well, talking about the upcoming round of action, we'll segue there. So let's start with round two of the juniors, which will see Tasha Gale, Harold Matson, SGL Ball all playing out at Kellyville. Um, so kicking off at 10 a.m. with the Tasha Gales, 11.30 uh, for the Harold Matson. That's against Tigers, whereas Tasha Gales against Seagulls. And then at 1 p.m., SG Ball against the Tigers as well. And that's all on Saturday, the 11th of February. Um, I won't go in-depth in those team lists, although you'll just see there's a couple of um, familiar names there. Cody Parry, Richard Penasini, which you guys have touched on. Uh, Matt Arthur playing out at hooker. Uh, Charlie Geimer still captaining in the, the mats. Yeah, he's in the middle of converting he, from... Uh, the SG ball, rather. Yeah, he's converting from centre to lock forward. So this is going to be... Uh, not, not a tough season. It's going to be an interesting season for him as he gets his feet under him in the middle. But how not? Well, it's funny because when he came to us, he was a heart. He was yeah. in he he was start, a started as a heart in a 5'8", went to the centres for us, did a great job there, and I'm now moving to lock forward. And we're both uh, very optimistic, very keen to see how he makes this transition, aren't we, Ham? Because he's got the physicality to deal with the middle. He's got the aggression. It's just about getting his timings and fitness right to, you know, especially defensively, there's so much pressure put on you <laughs> defending in the middle, yeah. so many tackles. I, I think it's a good move because, like, you know, with the way Locke has transformed, it's going back to what it was before. Yep. Like, I remember growing up, you had a Lock 5'8". Yeah. Uh, to me now, you know, went through that stage of a third prop. You know, you ta- you still got that in a sense, you tell Malolo uh, and whatnot. But I think, yeah, now the 13, I'm, I'm calling it right now on the Para podcast – the 13 is now part of the spine. The lock is now the spine, is part of the spine. One, six, seven, nine, thirteen. I think we're going to see that in action for the Eels in the NRL this year. I think Jermaine yeah. Hopgood's going to be that guy. Yeah, well, if anybody saw him in um, action for the reserve grade for Penrith last year, he certainly got the ball playing skills. So. Yes, sir. Be, and if you want to get a front row, is he, is he in action this week? In the All-Stars, yeah. yeah. He's going to be starting lock forward for the Indigenous team, I believe. All right. I didn't even get the, um, the All-Stars up. They've had a fair few withdrawals, haven't they? A lot, yeah. It's yeah. Been... Seems to plague it every single year, but um, it is what it is. So let's just jump into that All-Stars. So we've got uh, Saturday, the 11th of February, 1.30pm, which will see the women uh, running out. So Kennedy Cherrington, late withdrawal there, another one. Um, she broke her arm, yeah. I do like this injury list, though. It's a little bit different. <laughs> there are only four players who have been named to return to the side following last year's defeat, although some of those selections were also for- forced with stars. Corbin Baxter, and the reason for her being out, pregnancy. <laughs> you don't see that too often no. on, a, on an injury report. Um, all right, so that's 1.30pm. So the Indigenous All-Stars uh, women against the Maoris, and that's over in New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and we've got a few reps there. Gal Broughton at fullback for the uh, Maori team. Zoe Fay on the wing. Ashley Quinlan at halfback. Brooke Anderson at dummy half. Uh, and obviously we had uh, Kennedy pulling out because she busted her arm. And was that the only uh, Indigenous play for us, Ham, or was there someone else I'm missing there? No, we have no uh, Indigenous players. Only Māori. Yeah, yeah, only Māori. Okay, so... Yeah, so we've got plenty of uh, New Zealand uh, Maori reps there, which is good to see. But yeah, with Kennedy out, we're one short. So hopefully she can have a, a quick heal there. 
and uh, be ready for. I think she said on Twitter today, four to six weeks. That, that makes sense for an arm if it's not a bad break. So, and then beyond that, hopefully the the ladies can finally get their NRLW stuff sorted out with the NRL. So, and then jumping into the men's three forty five p.m. Also this Saturday, uh, All Stars taking on the Maoris. Uh So, looking for us, is it just? Jermaine Hopgood for the Indigenous team. Yeah, because Dejan was meant to play, but he pulled out uh, with that knee injury because it was in the brace at the season launch. Uh, so there are only two reps, if I'm not mistaken, because we had seven reps total, and it was five women, two men. Is Dillbag's Maori descent? He I, is not. He, no. He's not. He's okay. Samoan. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where you sort of just take it for granted and you think he is, but he is not. Too easy. All right, well, then let's jump into the signature piece of the weekend, which will be 6 p.m. out at Penrith Stadium. Panthers taking on the Eels, a clash, first clash since the grand final. Um, so for the Eels, they've got a long team list here. I'm just going to take it that this is where they're actually running out, um, although I expect to see plenty of changes on the day like they usually do. Um, how long do they usually? It's like 20 or 30 minutes, depending on how much they want to give them a run. Yeah, with the fir- yeah. if there's first strings in there, guys like Sean Lane and Hodgson and uh, Madison will probably get that half an hour and then you rotate all the other ones. But, Ham, you made a point that there's not many outside backs uh, that are healthy that have been named on the extended roster. Which nah, means- well, we've got Dejan, who we know is in a knee brace. Um, and then uh, Hayes Dunst, who's coming back from an ACL. So whether he plays or not, not not sure. It's 12 months post-surgery. Um, he might get the last 10 minutes, but... And that's it. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. all, that's all the backs named outside of the starting five. So expecting... You, know, you, you might be able to have maybe Murchie in the centres. Mamasia can also we... play centres too, I'm pretty confident. They've had him run yeah. out there a couple of times in the preseason. So. so if we want to get some of those guys, like, a, like I can't see, you know... Dan Keir will probably get five minutes, if that. Same with Luke Moretti, Tavita, and Jonte, probably the same. You know, it's it's, it's mainly a 1-17, to 17, maybe even 1-19. to 1-19, one to I think, is probably the, the core of his team. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Tavita and Jonte get you know, 10 minutes. But, yeah, I think in terms of outside the top 17, I think Tony Matteoli and Jaden Yates are the two that I'd want to see some uh, extended time from to see what they've got in a pseudo-NRL environment because Penrith have named a team that's uh, not, not particularly strong. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's essentially their reserve-grade team plus a couple of their uh, lesser NRL players like Matt Eisen. I say lesser. You know, Matt Eisen, who's played plenty of NRL games, he's going to give them the experience. Uh, but for us, we've only named three NRL stars in Hodgson, Madison, and Lane, who will captain the team per NRL.com. It's not actually on our team list, but they're saying that Lane's got the C next to his name. Um so we haven't named a vastly experienced NRL team, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how some of these young guys go. Get our first look at uh, Sean Russell, fullback in a long time, Ham. That's going to be good to see there, see if he can secure the uh, backup role to Guffo this year. Yeah, because he was, it's been at least 12, well, he didn't play at all last year. And then before that, it was before we signed Hayes Perham, wasn't it, that we um, that he was playing fullback in reserve grade. Was he? Because was Will Smith playing fullback at that time? I can't. I think you'll find early 2021, Sean Russell would play a bit of fullback for So, and Sean Sean has spent the vast majority of the preseason training with the first at mostly uh, wing because obviously Hayes was making his comeback, his rehabilitation program there, and also temporarily at centre with that Wonger injury. So he spent most of his time in the front line rather than at fullback. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the custodial duties there. We both got, I mean, all, I say both, all four of us on the podcast got plenty of time for Russell. Uh, very talented footballer and was 
started the season with, like on fire last year before the Jaden Campbell slide tackle happened. Um, you know, three tries in 40 minutes. You know, it doesn't get much better than that. So hopefully he can have a good game here. Uh, Hamish, your boy, Matt Komalafi, he's starting on the flank here. Very keen to see my him have boy, a good my game. My man, my man. He, he's, um, he's no longer a boy. Been, no, he, he yeah, is. He's he a big man. He's been tracking him since that's his right. Matt stays. And he's starting to fill into that frame. Um, he looks uh, very well built now this year. So hopefully he can have a big game and a big season. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's actually quite a young back line. Samuel Loizu and Zach C in the center. Cini's only 22. Uh, Loizu, I think he's 10. Cini only 22? Yeah, I'm pretty certain. Let me... Yeah, it's just I one thought one. he was... He, he did play a season for West Tigers. That ages you. <laughs> Zach Cini <laughs> is turning 23 in May, end of May. So he is still quite young. And uh, yeah. Isaac Lumi-Lumi, who is the senior ambassador of the back line at 24 years of age. So it's a pretty young uh, Reggie's back line there. And you got the uh, Rankin after Old man Rankin. Yeah, old man Rankin uh, working after in the halves. No surprises there. I mean, not running out most of our starting spine. No Guffo, no Moses, no Dylan. No one's really shocked by that, are they? Nah, not at all. Especially looking at the team that um, Penrith have run out. Yeah. There's no real point um, putting them in this and usually use the second trial as a uh, That's right, because usually, usually this would be our premier trial against Penrith, but because of the World Club Challenge coming back in that preseason challenge, we, we get the short end of the stick for this one, and it's going to be our game against Newcastle, which is the more fine-tuned for a round one hit-out. Uh, but in the front row, you've got Ogden and Rodwell boys. They're probably two of the leading contenders fighting it out for those final bench spots in the NRL uh, round one lineup. So this is a big game for them, but probably the big one in the front row is the naming of Josh Hodgson. Yeah, Very again, see, uh, the, the upcoming hooker run out for in the blue and gold for the first time. Um, I think you know we'll get into it when we start doing the, the, the proper preview in a week or two's time. Um, but I think our season sort of rests on the knees yep. of Josh Hodgson yep. at this point. Yeah, he's been uh, anyone following 60s preseason training reports, and over Hodgson's been the star of Parramatta's preseason. He's just come in and completely owned it. So big things are expected for him. But like you said, Hamish, the caveat is can his body hold together? If it does, I think the Eels are going to be in a great position. Um, but this is going to be very exciting yeah. to see our first look at him. Even without that full strength spine, I think this is a game you're expecting him to sort of take control of and hopefully not overplay his hand, but just keen to see him in blue and gold. Then in the back row, you've got Sean Lane, who's the captain. You've got new recruit Jerome Messiah, who stole a march on Matt Dury in recent weeks, and now I've got the starting gig on the right edge. Ryan Madison at lock forward. Matt obviously going to be – he's been officially rubbed out. Is it three or four games? I thought it was three, but it could be four. So I think it's three games, on- four dollars that Yeah, so rubbed out for three games. So this is going to be getting some mileage into his legs. So maybe he gets more minutes than we'd expect. So all those on the uh, Jermaine Hopgood Express on uh, NRL Fantasy or, or he's, he's going to be one of those sport players in both fantasy leagues, yeah. And this, load up, load up, load up. He is going to be a cash cow in those. Even if Matto was healthy, healthy, uh, not suspended, I would say that Hopgood gets the nod to start over him uh, just because of the team balance and the fact that Matto is so good off the bench uh, in the capacity that we we're using him in in 2022. Uh, but Yeah, get yeah. him to come in and play that last 55, 60 minutes yeah. instead of starting him, yeah. And then on the bench, speaking of, we've got Matt Dory, Mitch Rain, Wiram McGregg, Makassi Makatoa as the uh, rounding out that top 17. No surprises there. Matt Dory in that battle of Jeremomacia. I think one way or the other, it's going to be a platoon at right edge between the two of them, whoever's starting, whoever's on the bench. So these two games probably going to shake that out. Uh, between. Well, I think for either of them, it's just an upgrade. You'll be running off the, the edge of uh, Mitch Moses. And, you know, we saw what they did to a, a previous... Uh, player that's now to not be named and, and uh, went to the West's Tigers 
um, you know, went from a nobody over in New Zealand to one of the best second rowers in the competition. So um, hopefully we see the same coming out of Monacea or Matt Dury, whoever gets the nod. So what was the Moneyball, Moneyball quote? You can recreate the difference in the aggregate. So between uh, Momosia and Dury, he can get an Ozai Papali'i uh, between the two of them. So that'll be another interesting thing to watch in this game. And then the extended bench, uh, Tony Matteoli, Jaden Yates. We already sort of keyed onto them as two players we want to see some extended minutes for from outside the 17. We've got Dan Keir, Luca Moridi, Tavita Talmapenu, the big hyphen, Jonte Jr., Beth and Misa. And then after that, I, I think those 23 players are probably the only players that are going to play in this game. Because uh, then you've got Dejan Arcee, Hayes Dunster, Jack Murchie, Brendan Hans, Junior Barlow. Uh, maybe Hans... Oh, Hans might get a... Uh, yeah. maybe, he'll, maybe they'll pop him in the halves or something. The fact, the fact that he's named down there makes me feel like he's injured as well, given that we know that Dejan's yeah. uh, walk around the brace and Hayes is probably like a week out from going back to game situations. Um, so, yeah, maybe he is good to play or maybe he is just part of the named roster to fill out the team sheet. With Dunster, he's back at contact training now, isn't he? Yeah, he's been in contact for, I think, three weeks now. So it's not a not a concern about him not being ready for round one. It's just about ramping him up at the correct pace. So I think he'll play next week or next trial. Uh, and then, do we have a trial next week or is it the week after? Oh, we have one next week. So next, next week, week yeah. yeah. And so then he, it's the week break. and then That's right. The and then we, we kick the season off. We're the first game. Uh, so, yeah, I expect him to play in the next trial. And obviously in-house, he's doing all the, all the physical stuff too. I just want to say, regarding Tony Matteoli, you know, you, you guys know me. I love my NFL, and I like to do player comps. What is a player comp for him? Because like, I, I know he, I know he's part of the development deal, so he probably won't be able to make his debut till post June or whatever. So, what's a player comp for him? Ham, I know you love player comps. I'll let you go first. Oh, don't I? What? Um, look, probably. It, it, it's actually not a terrible one. The other one I saw in the media that wasn't awful either was a uh, Keon Matangi. Uh, both he and Ice are just hard-nosed, nothing fancy in terms of you know footwork and being a guy laterally, but they just hammer the gaps. They hammer the, the crash lines every time. And uh, Tony showed that last year, didn't he, Ham, that he just ran the courage line off Jake Arthur every single time. And he's, yeah. No, I, no I just worries. think, um, I'd say probably he's very strong around the ball, um, will just constantly like huge work and attack, has a few issues in defence. Yeah, as with pretty much any young forward prospect. Um, he got better as the season went on last year in Cup, but he definitely he had a really bad outing against Penrith, where I think he had 11 missed tackles, and that really blew out his missed tackles per game uh, number. But, yeah, he was learning as he went in there, and it's one of those things that young forwards are always going to struggle with is the defensive aspect of NRL because it is so challenging. Everything's so fast, everything's so physical. You know, you're constantly battling against these superstars on the edges. And I think he's a player that we're going to build nicely this year. I think a debut will come down the path. Um, I, I wouldn't expect him to be there round one unless he absolutely lights up these two games. And if he does, you know, more power to him. But I think he's a player to watch this year. If if he doesn't, this, I don't want to be negative. If he doesn't make a debut this year, would that be a bad thing? No, he's no, only twenty one. Yeah, he's only twenty one. Um, and if he's not debuting, it probably means that the top seventeen are healthy and firing. Um, I'm just trying to think. Because he'd be pretty high up on the the edge depth charts if something goes wrong. If there's injury or suspension, he'd be, you know. There are some things you can do. Uh, Jack Murchie can come onto the edge off the bench, but then that opens up a bench spot. So, yeah, I, I think he'll be a piece in the puzzle probably from half. I mean, he's going, it's probably going to have to be halfway through the season right now because he's on a development contract, as I understand, for this year, unless he's been upgraded in, in recent weeks. 
So he won't he'll only be eligible if there's a true injury crisis prior to that. Is it June 30 still? June 30 deadline? Round 10. Round 10. And uh, then he becomes uh, free to use after that. So I think that's probably a good timeline for him too, Ham, isn't it? To get two, three months of cup football yeah, get, into get him. Some, get some miles into his legs. Um, he missed half of last year anyway. Yeah, had terrible luck of a very late injury in the preseason, which drove him out to like round 19? Round... So it was very late in the season when he made his come comeback. Uh, and he, made, he played about seven or eight games. So it must have been like round 17 or 18. And I uh, did a good job in cup considering. But yeah, I want to see him just get some more miles, some more game time of senior football in the New South Wales Cup. And I think he'll he'll be, like I said, a piece of the puzzle. All right. Well, I think that's a good preview uh, coming up against Panthers. As we said, first round of, well, I guess it's big stakes now. That's the preseason cup that we're all playing. <laughs> yeah. We, we uh, need that 100,000. We can offer it to Mitchell Moses as a uh, third party agreement. <laughs> um, <sighs> let's not talk about third party agreements. Um, <laughs> Especially don't write them down. Um, no. Right. But it'll be nice to see, um, obviously, Blue and Gold back in action. Um, you know, I was paying so much attention that uh, Ham had to remind me yesterday that we actually have a preseason <laughs> game this weekend. Um, but Super Bowl next Monday, um, after the Super Bowl's done, that's it. We're straight back into NRL season. And I'll be uh, completely switched on engaged. You'll be getting an episode a week from us. Hell yeah. Um, and over the off-season, there we are, I changed jobs, so I'll be back into a um, little more laid-back role rather than being at court every single day. So um, having a bit more time for the podcast can make these things uh, come out a bit more smoothly. I thought you were going to say more boys. time for the children. Yeah. <laughs> he does babysit us. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Might be some more time for the kids. Maybe we'll go to some more footy because we did go to um, – when we went to the Penrith game, I, I had the, uh, the young bloke – and um, we, we've been to the footy plenty of times before, but that finals match there, you're all packed in. You had to sit on my shoulders and all that close <laughs> to the contact. Every time you hear, you hear the contact and, you know, it ring, rang through that stadium, he's just got yeah, him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps asking me every week, when are we going to the footy? Oh, so, that's awesome. That's so, oh, there you go. Yeah, indoctrinating them in early. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it be plenty plenty of games to get to this season with our season passes. Yeah, how did you guys find the um, the membership packs? I quite like them. I like the white hat. I know. I know it's got the um, uh, the. It's a bit difficult to try to keep it clean. Um, there's always that risk with a white hat, but I quite like it. I thought that was pretty well put together. It's one of the better hats they've done since. Was it the 2017? That was an uh, absolute I like my 2018 blue one. No, the 21 membership hat is really nice. The first year they did um, with Macron. Okay, that's the, one I still wear. The, the black I still like the 2018 one because that, for whatever reason, membership department sent me about 20. <laughs> so the the black 70th anniversary one, which would have been yeah, would have been 2017. That, yeah, 20 CS. That was a good year. That, that was an absolute cracker of a hat. So that's my favorite one. But this is a good one, and the membership package is pretty good. Yeah, uh, no complaints from me. But I've I've got to say, I you know people putting up membership packs, people complain about membership packs. I'm not buying a season ticket for the membership pack. I don't really care no, if I'm honest. No. They 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 could they could just give me my my card and a hat that says "Year Member" yeah, and I'm. It's a token happy. of support to the club, the the uh, non-ticket membership. You know that's so getting some some good stuff out of it. It's obviously a nice little side perk, but yeah, like you, Ham, you give me my uh, my membership and I'm good to go. Yeah, it was a bit of um after after the the discounted membership um, when we pledged. I think it was last year. It was a bit of a shock to the bank account when that came out just before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I 
almost didn't let it come out as an annual one-off payment. Like, oh, Ooh. shit. <laughs> uh, but all good, all good. Um, for, then again, having said that, you know, um, four passes. So it's me, the old man, um, and the two kids. Um, 425 bucks for the year, 100 bucks each pretty that's much. Not so. That's not bad. And that's good. to go to, what, 12 games? Then you've got the um, the GA. Yeah, yeah, just general admission. On yeah, the so, so the kids come with the adult still, don't they, or...? Uh, I don't know how it works out. I think I just get the family pack. Oh, okay. That's how it works out. And um, obviously, I can't remember when I did it, that they worked it out cheaper for me at whatever point it was. Obviously, Combank GA is pretty still like, still pretty good, isn't it? Compared it's to the best. I, I went to Allianz for the Rugby Sevens. It's the, everything else but the seating is fantastic. The outside looks brilliant. Uh, the bars are fantastic. But the seating arrangement, terrible. <laughs> the most important the, thing It's not as angled. Football. So you can't see over the oh I'm 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 five foot ten. I'm hundred and seventy something centimeters. I can't see over the person in front of me. Yeah, it's not good. Because that's like, five five ten is not short. Like No, nah, it's about it's about average. It's, it's, it is quite literally average, yeah. So uh yeah. Average. <laughs> yeah, so that that's uh certainly a, a feather in the hat of Combank. It is a very, very well put together stadium when it comes to the most important core experience for watching a game of football, watching the football. Yeah, actually viewing angles. Mm-hmm. Oh, for those who went out there for our game against the Raiders in the finals, that was rocking. Yeah, yeah. Love finals matches out the, there. The it's energy. nice that we get a fair few finals matches out there these days. Yes, yes. It is. We, we certainly timed the, the club being good uh, at the right time when it comes to the new stadium. All right. Um, I guess Western Sydney Wanderers lost out on that deal. Never hear from them anymore. <laughs> no, it's their stadium, apparently. <laughs> Um, all right, guys. Well, how about we wrap up the first edition of 2023 there? It's good to um, have you back, boys. Good to chat. And um, uh, on that, we might just leave it there and uh, we'll catch you on the next week or in the Power Podcast. See you then. Ciao, ciao. Good luck. Ciao, for now.